0: You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Life Devotions. Thank you for joining me today. What God wants you to know is the title of this devotion. You see, God wants you to know things inwardly. They just come up from your heart. They, they guide your thoughts. They guide your emotions, your your mental reasonings. Your They guide you. you. You have light inside, the Bible talks about. And that light guides you. And it's the Word living in your heart that becomes a lamp to your path and a light before your feet. And, and God wants to give you things to know inside of you. So I want to talk to you about things God wants you to know. And it's quite simple. And I'll start reading here in Deuteronomy chapter 8, starting at verse 2. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you "...to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that that he might make you know." Here it comes, okay? "...that he, God, might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone." But man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Your garments did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. You should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son, which is also what I talked about yesterday, so the Lord your God chastens you. Therefore you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God to walk in His ways, to fear Him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks, of water, of fountains and springs that flow out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you will copper, And when you have eaten and are full then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you and not forget him. See, one of the great characteristics that you know that God is the one who's your provider is that you praise him for who you are and what you have. David said in Psalm 16, it's called the golden psalm. The apostle Peter used that psalm on the day of Pentecost to preach from. And David said in the New English translation, All that I am and all that I have comes from you, Lord, for you give me all that I need. David at the end of his life in First Chronicles chapter 29 was worshiping and praising God and saying, Lord, Both riches and honor come from you, but who am I to be able to give so generously to the work of your kingdom, to the building of the temple, like I am when all that I have comes from you and from your own hand we give. You see, within the nature, within the nature, the character of all of those that are truly born of God, this must be there. And this is what God longs for, for you to know inwardly, my Father loves me. My Father takes care of me. My Father upholds me. My Father sustains me. My Father takes care of me. I trust in the Lord with all my heart. I lean not on my own understanding. I acknowledge Him. I recognize Him. He will direct my path. The whole nature of God, is for you to know this my father is God my father takes care of me my father has sustained me my father has forgiven me and will forgive me you see the more you begin to walk in the light of God's presence and partake of his divine nature and live free from the corruption that's in this world through lust the more painful it is when you stumble in a moment of temptation. More painful it is. I'm not talking about terrible acts, I'm talking about just thoughts or words that are contrary to his nature. The more excruciating it is, why? Because the difference between the divine nature and the sinful nature is so enormous and the pain of the contradiction is to me unbearable, unbearable. And yet, it lives deep within my heart when I face these challenges to know my Father loves me. My Father has forgiven me. And I come to Him with my brokenness. And I come to Him with my contrition. And I come to Him with my remorse for having spoken out of place, for having acted out of place. I come and I, and I weep before Him. And I weep and I weep before Him. Why? Because I know I know my Redeemer lives. I know. I know it. I cannot doubt it. I cannot act like God is not there and God does not care. You see, Job, when he went through his excruciating pain, he says in Job chapter 19, oh, sorry, I went a bit too far. Here, here's Job. Job. He says in this famous verse in Job 19, verse 25. I know, I know that my Redeemer lives. Redeemer, my savior, my deliverer, my helper, my, the one who rescues me. I know, I know. You see, there are things God wants you to know. That's what this devotion is about. He wants you to know he is your savior. He rescues you. He helps you, He sustains you, He keeps you. He watches over you like the apple of His eye. He will not hand you over to your own ways. He will deliver you, transform you, and conform you to His likeness. He will perfect that which concerns you and complete the work He's begun in you by transforming you into His likeness. He will not fail you, not leave you, not forsake you. He will wash you white as snow and cleanse away the pain of failure and again, revive you in his presence and again, endue you with the graces and abilities to represent him in the sweetness of his love and kindness and meekness and gentleness and loneliness by which you love others and serve others around you. I know, I know God wants you to know that he will meet your needs. What is it? Maybe it's nothing to do with finances. Maybe it's inner longings, inner desires. Come on, trust God. And the Lord came to Abraham in Genesis 15, after he came under the anointing of Melchizedek, an anointing of perfect righteousness, peace and joy with the Father in a life that is eternal, that is the high priestly anointing of Jesus. And he came in that anointing of Christ as he was a foreshadow in the type of Jesus Christ, Melchizedek. You'll read that there in Genesis 15 and in Psalm 110, which is the prime psalm of David. And here he came in that anointing and God spoke to his spirit and said, Abraham, Abraham, I am your shield. I am your exceedingly great reward. Don't be afraid. The word afraid that don't live in weary and worry about your future. That's the word afraid that has to do with your anticipation, your feelings about things that are not happening in your life. And Abraham said, Lord, what will you give me since I am childless? And the Lord took him outside and showed him the stars of heaven and the sand by the seashore and said to him, So shall your seed be. And Abraham received faith by the word of the Lord. And he believed God. And that faith in his heart, through the living word coming into him, God's the word proceeding out of his mouth, living in his heart, was his righteousness with God. And you see, this is what Deuteronomy 8 there says, that they may know man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And you have the word living in your heart to believe. Father, I thank you. You meet all my need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You satisfy me with marrow and fatness. The first one is Philippians 4.13. The second, uh, second one is Psalm 63. You will satisfy me as with marrow and fatness. Oh, I shall rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice, Philippians 4, 4. You have these words living in your heart. Delight, feed on this faithfulness. Delight yourself also on Him, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Psalm 37, verse 5. And you have these words living, living in your heart, and you live by faith in the Word of God, and you'll see God work it. You'll see God work it. You see, you know these things in your heart. You know it. You live by the light that is in your heart. And here Job, who was going through so much suffering, he'd lost all of his children. His wife had turned against him. His friends were trying to prove it was all his own fault. I mean, everything. His family had had completely disowned him and acted like they didn't know him because they were ashamed of him. And he said, yeah, but I know my Redeemer lives. I know it. I know, and he shall stand at last on the earth, and after my skin is destroyed, even when the skin comes off my bones, this I know, that in my flesh, while I'm still in this body, I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another, how my heart yearns within me. What was he yearning for? To see God, to see God. And I love how at the end... In Job chapter 42, the last chapter, he says there, Lord, I had heard of you by the hearing of the eye, ear, but now my eye sees you. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. What God wants you to know, he says, I know my Redeemer lives. I know, I know that even if my illness is so bad, it's killing me, I will see God while I'm still in this body. I keep looking to Him. I keep yearning for Him. I keep wanting to see Him. And it says in James chapter 5, seeing the end intended of the Lord, how the Lord's very merciful and gracious, speaking about Job. You see, friends, we need to be careful not to be deceived. It says in James 1 verse 16, do not be deceived. It's one verse. And the next verse says, Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights with whom there's no variation or no shadow of turning, who for the pleasure of his own goodwill has brought us forth as the first fruits of his creatures. We are born of his spirit. We now live in this incredible union with him. What do I know? Let me read you another verse here in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8 to 9 from the Living Bible. Listen to this. Uh, No, sorry, 2 Corinthians. That's why I didn't see it. Um, He says, verse 8 of 2 Corinthians chapter 1, I think you ought to know, dear brothers, about the hard time we went through here in Asia. We were really crushed and overwhelmed and feared we would never live through it. We felt we were doomed to die and saw how powerless we were to help ourselves, but that was good. For then we put everything into the hands of God, who alone could save us, for He can even raise the dead. And He did help us and saved us from a terrible death. And yes, we expect Him to do it again and again. You see, the Apostle Paul knew this. What did he know? Committed into God's hands. Committed into God's hands. You know, folks, sometimes, sometimes, I, I, I have this more than you realize. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. You know, I love that here in, makes me think when I say that, of Second Chronicles chapter 20. You see, that came to Jehoshaphat and said to him in verse 2, A great multitude is coming against you. And Jehoshaphat, verse 3, feared. He was terrified of what was coming against him. What did he do when he felt that horrific, overwhelming fear? He set himself to seek the Lord and together to ask help from the Lord and to seek the Lord and said, In verse 6, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not the God in heaven? Do you not rule over the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Lord, you are our God. He says, we don't know what to do, Lord. We don't know what to do. But we trust you. We trust you. Here it is, verse 12. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? We have no power against this great multitude that's coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. And then the Spirit of the Lord came. Do you know that it is actually quite positive to be in such a place that you say, Father, I can do nothing. But I look to you. I look to you. I look to you alone. I have nowhere else to go. I have have, no one else I could call. Folks, I I am in that place more often than you realize. Jesus himself in John 5 verse 19 said, I, the son of man, can do nothing of myself except what my father shows me. And my father loves me and shows me everything he does himself. He will show me even greater things than these. What, what than these? He had just raised the man who had been lame for 38 years and was being challenged because it had happened on the Sabbath. And he said, well, I cannot do these things. It is the Father showing me to do these things. And he will show me greater works than these so that you may marvel. And he was trying to win them over who were antagonistic, who were of such a dark soul and he's trying to help them come out of their darkness into the light. And friends, I really believe that God will give you in your heart to know what you need to know. I really do. I really believe that God will bring back to your remembrance things that he spoke to you a long time ago at the right moment to know what to do. And, what, and that may just simply be, wait on Him, trust in Him, rely on Him, depend on Him. Let me close with you with this story. In 1989, the Lord Jesus sent me to Canterbury to have a Jesus Now crusade there at the Marlowe Theatre. I didn't have any staff. I didn't have anybody working with us. And... It was a challenging time in many, many ways. In our marriage, in, 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 we had no money, we had no house, we, but okay, the Lord didn't wait for everything to be easy before He gave me another task. And so I was had met a man, uh, I can't remember where I met him, this dear man, and I'd said, you know, I'd like to come and pray. When I don't know what to do, I just go pray. And so he said, yeah, here is the key. You can go pray there. So I'm driving where I'm living in the attic in Dover of David uh, Wade uh, and his dear wife. Um, her name just escapes me for a moment. And, and he had let us live in, in the attic of his house because we had no home. And I'm driving from Dover to Canterbury, which is not long, this is maybe about 20 minutes or so, 30 minutes, and I'm driving. And as I'm driving, I'm crying out to God. Oh, I'm crying because I was so afraid, so terrified. I knew nobody, I knew nothing. I had no money and, and I had to go do this, you know. And, and I was crying and praying. And I said to the Lord, 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 You have to give me somebody to stand with me. And the Lord spoke to me and said to me, I cannot give you someone to stand with you until you learn to stand alone with me. And when he spoke that into my spirit, out of my spirit came this knowing, you are more than enough for me. You are more than enough for me. And then the Lord came upon me with his Holy Spirit and said to me, this battle is not yours, but mine. And wow, did he give me the courage I needed and the strength I needed to go do it. Then we had a marvelous crusade and God blessed it. And this is so important that we're reminded to know within our hearts, you are more than enough for me, Lord. When I have you, if God before me, who could be against me? So I want to encourage you today know it deeper than your heart. God is here for you. Amen. Have a good day.